Hey folks and welcome to another episode of Podcraft. Podcraft is the show about everything podcasting, from launching a show to monetization, everything in between. I'm Colin Gray, as usual, and this time around it's an interview show where we're talking to another experienced and excellent podcaster, someone I met at the Youpreneur Summit back in November, actually, um, and absolutely loved her talk on uh, on creating books, actually. It was books to grow your business, how to be published, how to use that to grow everything else you do. Uh, but coincidentally, she also runs a podcast to do that, uh, which is really successful. Lots of different ways that she's monetizing that. And you'll be glad to know who it is. It's Joanna Penn from The Creative Pen. How are you doing, Joanna? Oh, thanks for having me, Colin. It's great to be on the show. No, oh, no worries. Thank you for coming along. Um, yeah, like I said there, it was just, I, I really loved your talk at Youpreneur. It was uh, it was great. It was so practical. So many things in it that you could take away and do. So um, I took loads from it. I've, I've got some plans around books and series and stuff this year. So um, thank you for that in the first place. Oh, no. No, thank you. And I mean, I'm so enthusiastic about books, but I, it was funny. I was talking to someone the other day about podcasting. And so often our body of work is sort of the things we publish or, you know, the talks we do. But actually, I think podcasting podcasting will give us part of our body of work, the people we touch. And so I consider podcasting just as important in my career as as writing. Yeah, great. Excellent. Well, that's a good, a good uh, testimonial for us, I suppose. <laughs> um, so the Creative Pen is a site about, would you say, is it about publishing? How do you describe it? Is it publishing in general? How do, what do you say? Well, firstly, writing. So I write, um, I've written 27 books at this point. Mm-hmm. I write fiction and also nonfiction. Uh, so I have three author names. So essentially, I start with, you know, talking about writing fiction, writing nonfiction, publishing options, and mm-hmm. particularly self-publishing, mm-hmm. uh, as well as book marketing and making a living with your writing. So again, it's kind of taking much of what we do and taking it into the realm of the monetization aspect. So creation and monetization, both important, uh, you know, for, for people like us doing this as a career. Yes, excellent. And the podcast, is that the exact same audience, the exact same topic or is it a niche of it? Yes, definitely. Um, I actually started the podcast in 2009. So I'm one of the like the old school podcasters. <laughs> um, and I actually started the podcast to get to know other authors. Like back then, I didn't even know author friends. And so, you know, really good tip if you want to start podcasting is to do something that you're so passionate about, you don't need to make any money from it (laughs) because those will be the long years probably at the beginning Um, but yes I cover pretty much the same stuff and again it stems from an in a personal interest you know I'm an author so I can talk about my journey and talk to other people who are on their journey as well yeah perfect so I mean you've been going that long that's I mean that's amazing that you've kept it up for that that's eight years now that's a very long running (laughs) podcast which is a a feat in itself but beyond that you've you've monetized it you've actually made a success of this podcast and and are getting a real return on it haven't you that's mainly what i wanted to concentrate on today all the different ways you're doing that um so uh, i wanted to delve in first you've you've we've obviously talked about this in the past and i've got an idea of what i want to go through first of which was something that people often start with which is patreon so what can you tell me what you're doing with patreon and how you've kind of the story of starting up there and how you've developed it over the years 
Yeah, sure. So, I mean, obviously for me, I didn't, I wouldn't start, I didn't start with Patreon mm. because it didn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> so sure. it's actually, you know, something that's very now. Yeah, so yeah. basically all of my monetization does roll in together because in 2015, I, you know, I'd been doing the podcast six years and I felt it was, I was doing it every two weeks or kind of sporadically. So it was never on the same day of the week. Um, it was, you know, based on when I had time uh, and I, I incorporated it into the blog. So I was talking talking about my books. So in some way it was indirectly monetized. It was building my brand. So it was a marketing angle, but I felt it was taking so much time that I had two choices. One, I would give it up completely or I would have to monetize it. Uh, and uh, I started off in, in the corporate sponsorship, but I can circle back around to that. But the the Patreon or Patreon, as, as people will say, um, <laughs> was basically somebody, I interviewed someone on my podcast. This is often the way, isn't it? And they said, why don't you just ask your audience? And I felt that massive reaction to, I don't want to ask for money from my audience. This is a free show. It's been free for years. How can I do that? And uh, But in the end, I went, okay, why not just give it a go? And I put a, quite a low target on the bonus. You know, you have these bonus levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started putting it out there. But what I also did is, and this was because I only did two a month at the time, my Patreon is based on two a month, <laughs> even mm-hmm. though now I then moved to a weekly show and do it at the same time every sure. Monday morning. Um, but basically, it was a really big deal to get into Patreon and it was like $1 the first month and $5 and then $20. And now I'm up to around $850 per show, yeah. two shows a month. So it's like $1,600. Um, but with the other forms of monetization, uh, it, it, you know, it's pretty good. And also the people who are, who are patrons are really invested in the show. Yeah. So it's a, it's a double whammy. It's some money even though they can get it free but also these are the super fans yeah i mean that's amazing that's that's not small money that's an actual living for a lot of people so that's great that you've got it up to that level a testament to your fan base i think and what you're offering obviously what so you mentioned that that's a, there's a few things in there i think i want to ask about that people are often concerned first of all is that frequency have you gone for a standard monthly pledge or is it you press the button i've released an episode and that draws in uh the money at that point well i basically charge for two a month um sure. so if if there are five mondays in a month which sometimes there are mm-hmm. uh, i only charge for two of those and okay. then the other shows are free and i put you yeah, know yeah. free shows even though of yeah. course they can all be free yeah, but then yeah. i also in terms of my um my patreon kind of bonus uh, i do an audio only q a okay uh, so my patreon listeners get a access to a form where they can enter questions and then i do extra audio and what's nice now again a new feature that they introduced is you can get your own RSS feed. And so if you do extra recordings that never even go live on your site, you can distribute them um, through Patreon. So that's basically how I do it. I just charge for the first two shows of every mm-hmm, month mm-hmm. and then I just put them up free. Yeah. So you are doing the paper show thing. You know, you know what I mean in terms of um, you yes, can just do a standard. Show, yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so the bonuses, is that, that is that your main bonus in that you get, uh, you get bonus content, you get free content that is um, not available outside of the Patreon subscribers? Is that the main one that people sign up for? Yeah, that's the main one and then the top tier um the five dollars per show mm-hmm. uh is basically they get all my 
nonfiction, mm-hmm. audiobooks and uh, ebooks as well. Yeah. Uh, although some cheeky people obviously email immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Sometimes I just say, hey, would you mind supporting for a you know a month or so before yeah. you get your bonuses? Um, <laughs> but most people obviously are absolutely amazing. And yeah. I didn't really have much of a drop off when Patreon had their fee uh, glitch um, yeah, a month yeah. or so ago as, yeah. as we speak. Um, but yeah, I think the, if you're doing an audio show, it makes sense to do extra audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would be probably a tip is make sure your bonuses resonate with with your audience. Yeah, that's really interesting that they're offering an RSS feed now. I didn't know they did that. So you can actually you can actually directly through Patreon offer those extra episodes. Yes, it's just a little link on the right hand side of your page. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just I have a little response whenever anyone pledges and I just copy and paste that in so they know how to find that. And I also have the backlist um, on a special page on my website that people can get. So if they start supporting me now, even for just a dollar, they get two and a half years worth of extra audio if they want. (laughs) And you know how some people want to go and listen to the whole backlist. Yeah, Yeah, go back and binge it all. (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever used... uh, you know kind of um total tier bonuses like if we make it to a thousand an episode or two thousand an episode we'll do this or that uh i no i i mean as i said i got in quite early on patreon mm-hmm. and they didn't have a lot of the different options mm-hmm. and i feel at this stage i can't really change what i've done mm-hmm. um so no i ha- i haven't done that I, I do think like a really important point is don't make these numbers too low. Mm-hmm. You know, say if we reach $250, then I will give everyone a free hours consulting or something, you know, because <laughs> you would be surprised at how fast these things can add up now. Yes. Yeah. Um, so have you any, you know, getting to that level is is brilliant in terms of the monthly income you have there. What's worked best for you in terms of getting people to sign up other than the standard, you know, ask people, which is actually where a lot of people <laughs> fall down. Any other any other tricks or tactics for getting people to sign up? No, that literally is it. <laughs> I mean, every what, what's interesting though, and, and I did find this quite difficult at uh-huh. first, is so when I, I have a show, uh, you know, I do the introduction, then I do usually an interview. And before the interview, I'll say today's show is sponsored by, um, so I might say Kobo Writing Life, one of my big sponsors for the mm-hmm. show, corporate mm-hmm. sponsors. So I say the show is sponsored by Kobo. Then I'll say um, thank you to all my new patrons. Mm-hmm. And then if you would like to support the show, here's my Patreon on link and so what's interesting is i'm and then within my introduction i might also be introducing a webinar which is an affiliate link i might be talking about one of my audiobooks i might be talking about one of my books so i think you know there i'm actually putting multiple income streams within one show so the patreon segment has become a segment of the show and where new patrons will have their names read out and the call to action is if you'd like to support the show here's my link but then also i'm still pairing that with a corporate sponsor i guess it's it's a bit like youtube in that way in that people are more used to corporate sponsors now so they don't necessarily bat an eyelid so realistically with with patreon all i've ever done is stick a segment into the podcast before the interview which is um you know this is how you can support me i haven't done anything else no that that's perfect though there's a couple of things in there i think which are a little bit different than most people do which is a lot of people just sort of throw in their patreon link at the very end of the show say um they don't treat it as say an advert like you're talking about a sponsorship advert or something putting it in the middle of the show which is always the most um actioned 
a sponsored slot. That's why we pay more for a mid-roll than anything else. So including it in there um, and alongside the other sponsored slot, making it as important, you know, giving it the same precedence as something that's paid for. Because it is paid for, but a lot of people think of it as charity or donations or something. So they kind of downgrade it almost. So that's great that you're doing that. Um, and the other thing you're, you mentioned there, you're reading out the Patreon, the new Patreon uh, contributors. Now that's that's always a great action, isn't it? Um, call to action because people go, oh, I'd love to get mentioned on here. One of my favourite shows. I'll just have to donate <laughs> a couple of dollars and I've got my name on here. <laughs> yeah. And also it's interesting. You do get some people who sponsor as a, biz, uh, as a business. So mm-hmm. they get their business read out or they'll uh, say, can you read out this name instead of another name? And I'm happy to do that, obviously. Yeah. And yeah. some of those people will unsubscribe, but that's fine. And um, the other thing is that that social proof, it's very, very interesting. When I do personal shows, like no interview, when I just go into like my own journey or something I'm struggling with at the moment, I will get a lot more Patreon subscribers after a personal show Mm -hmm. than I do after an interview show. Um, So it's quite interesting that way, you know, if people get value from a show, they they are more likely to then sponsor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it stands to reason, doesn't it? It's it's a great show. I got a lot from this. I want to pay the person back. But then if Mm. you get a benefit indeed of of getting yourself mentioned, (laughs) even better. Um, go on, let's go on to the corporate sponsor stuff then, because that you said that's where you started in terms of monetization. How did you, you mentioned the fact that, you know, you're not getting as much return as you wanted off it. So you had to make it, ter- had to make it pay in another way. What was your first step towards getting that first sponsor? Well, because it was, well, first of all, it was numbers. So mm-hmm. I looked at the um, standard kind of corporate rates. I think I looked at John Lee Dumas has mm-hmm. a download on, on rates. I'm sure you yes. do yeah, as well yeah. um, in terms of what you can expect. Then I looked at my numbers. So I use Blueberry and Amazon S3. So I, I, I got some numbers and then I was like, oh, this is quite good. I could actually get you know, uh, a couple of hundred per show or, uh, you know, over time it's grown. But at that point it was like, oh, this is, I could get something and that would pay yeah. for um, the transcription, for example, because I do transcription on the show for SEO purposes. So I then had some relationships with companies who I was already promoting in different ways. So either affiliate relationships or just companies that I really liked and I know would need promoting. Uh, so I just talked to some of my contacts. So I actually, went looking for those sponsorships. Now, a lot of people come to me, mm-hmm. but I still only work with companies that I personally use and recommend yeah. because I think that's so important and it has to fit your audience or it's not going to make any difference. Like yes. they'll just go away. Yeah. Um, and also for me, I did have um, 99 designs for a while. Like they're, they're on every Every blooming show. And I think it makes a difference to have something a bit different, something yeah. that might be tailored to your show as opposed to the same thing that you hear on every show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it, it depends whether you approach them or they approach you. Mm-hmm. But certainly you have to know your numbers. And then I did like a two page pitch sheet mm-hmm. with um, this is the demographic. So I looked at the countries that people were in, um, the number of downloads per show. And then I was like, it will cost you this much per show or this much 
much with a discount. And they actually bought the whole, the, my first sponsor bought the whole year up front. <laughs> and I mean, little tip, it's awesome to get a big chunk of cash up front. And now my annual rate is pretty high. Um, but then what you realize if your show's growing all the time is that you, you sold those later shows at a yes. discount because yeah. you know you're going up so probably better to sell three to six months at a time uh, yeah. so that you can adjust your rates um necessarily indeed indeed um but i mean that, that must that would have saved you a lot of time and effort in going out and finding people so often it's um it's worth a little bit of a discount isn't it to get that kind of longer term relationship Oh, yeah. And I mean, I only have at the moment, I have one major corporate sponsor, Kobo Writing Life, and then I have a couple of other ones. But at the moment, I only have three and I like three um, and that and I sell about 35 shows um, of the total in the year. So I'm a weekly show. So I, I keep some for myself um, and I do I promote my own products and mm-hmm. I also promote affiliate, you know, webinars and events and other things in those other slots. So I think that's important, too, uh, is to just make sure you keep space for for what you're doing <laughs> as well <laughs> that's really interesting so you <clears throat> so you have a set number of slots basically per episode and you treat each one you know you can put something of your own in there you're not just like doing three sponsor slots and then throwing in something for yourself you make sure you're not overdoing it by if you sell one of your own products you cut a sponsor slot instead is that right yeah, yeah, I only ever do one kind of corporate sponsor per yeah, show. Yeah. Uh, and then, as you say, I have um, the Patreon slot and then I'll often yeah. have a, a webinar or something as Excellent. well. Yeah. yeah, perfect. So you mentioned that with 99designs, you did something a bit different. That's it's always something I like delving into. Like, How do you do the sponsored slots? Can you describe one of them, just what you did to make it a bit more unique? Oh, well, I mean, I, I didn't do 99 designs in a unique way. Oh, I mean, I I've done that. other ones. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, just I think tailoring it. So if you use a service, you can really talk about what you're doing. So Ingram yeah. Spark, who are a publishing company, I use them for my print publishing. Mm-hmm. So I really just uh, will go into a much more personal story of using the service and some of the great things they were doing and just make it a lot more personal than, you know, so many corporate ads you hear uh, are repetitive, yeah, <laughs> you yes. know, the same, the same thing, exactly the same thing read <laughs> by a different producer. And I do think, um, you know, you'll get much more traction if you do something more personal. Yeah, absolutely. I think those personal stories are what make a good sponsored slot and in it's interesting to your listeners. They want to hear what you've been doing, you know, your experience with something and even though it's a sponsor slot you're you're telling them about a product it's you're teaching them something too because you're it's a case study about what you've done and how successful it was wasn't it yeah actually that's a really good point because with Kobe writing life for example i i get them to record tips so instead of it just being an ad it's like here's a tip for yeah. selling more books on yeah. kobo and you know that is much more effective than anything else i also think that you know if people listening do buy ads i do think the voice of the advertiser if you know if i use a um, an mp3 segment for the ad if you have the same person reading that ad you know at your company or you use your voice in that ad slot people get used to a voice Mm -hmm. so if you buy say 10 slots on a podcast and you're the voice or in that slot every time that can really be effective i mean i have um what some of the people who've done ad slots get recognized at events because (laughs) they've been on my show (laughs) it's really funny (laughs) yeah that's great so they built they build a bit of a personal brand almost around yeah, exactly, their, yeah. their company yeah that's great 
Cool. Okay, so the top tips there really are that in the early days when you're trying to go out and look for people, it's it's those existing relationships, isn't it? It's those products that you see on your desk, you know, beside you, the things that you're using right there and then get in touch with those type of people first and build those relationships. And hopefully if you can do the personal stories, the case studies, then that sponsorship will work and they'll come back for more. And hopefully you won't have to search out any more after that. Yeah, exactly. And um, especially those of us, you know, I think you and I are quite similar in our sort of more introvert tendencies. And, you know, we're not going to be like, sell, sell. Yes. You know, I, I do not want to do a hard pitch yeah. to someone I've never met. Yeah. I I think the relationship approach is much easier. Of course, it takes longer yeah, because yeah. you have to build those relationships. But also, if you know, and I would also say don't burn things too early. So if you, you know, if you're only going to get 25 bucks for a show, then maybe it's too early. Yeah, maybe yeah. you should wait until it might be worth, you know, worth it with a bigger audience, which means the ad revenue would be bigger, but also the audience would be bigger and you might see some return. So it has to be a win-win situation there. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, I, I actually, we often tell people in the early days when you're at that kind of level, it's not, it's not really worth the bother of arranging the contracts, of sending out your media kits, of all the chasing. It's better to spend the time on improving your content and creating better stuff. And But at that stage, sometimes it's worth putting in a sponsor slot for yourself because it gets people used to the fact that you do have products or you have mentions of things in there so that you know 50 episodes in your first sponsor slot isn't going to turn people off because they're like oh no he's sold out <laughs> you, you've always <laughs> yeah, been doing and it. I do think that's I do think that's right I also yeah. think what is important is the show notes page mm -hmm. um so it's really important I mean even if your listens are lower if you have high traffic so I have a lot of people who actually read the transcripts of mm -hmm. of my shows who don't necessarily listen um so the the sponsor will also get their logo and a couple of lines of text on my show page on the show notes page and obviously i'll also have links there affiliate links and, and other things but because they get that and they get that even if you know and, and that show notes is there even if they stop being a sponsor later on mm -hmm. so i think that can also add to your sort of pitch um when you're ready to do that so that yeah. kind of traffic also youtube um you know if you are interviewing someone or you can um use ads in your uh, youtube description i just all my interviews i put on youtube as well so those are some other ways in that you can kind of make things better <laughs> is yes. by having traffic as well yeah perfect well I'm, I'm sure a lot of people got something out of that that's um, some great tips there um let's go on to your audiobooks so this is something I found really interesting as well, because obviously we are creating audio podcasting as an audio medium and audiobooks are a separate thing. But how do you tie them together? How do you use your podcast to monetize your audiobooks? Yeah. So first of all, um, people can make their own audiobooks. So if you are, you know, your audience are very technically savvy. Uh, so you can record your own audiobooks and upload those audio files to acx.com and that's Amazon's um, distribution service. You can also even produce audiobooks. So if you are an audio producer, you can have a share in rights or you can be paid to produce other people's audiobooks. So that might be an additional revenue stream for people or even voice talent. There's probably voice talent listening to your show. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of authors looking for voice talent to read their books. So um, one of the things for sort of marketing the audiobooks is obviously talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, I've also uh, shared snippets. So with 
with ACX, you can share five minutes. Or if you if you do a non-exclusive contract, you can share whole chapters. So I have actually used a chapter from my audiobooks as a whole show mm-hmm. uh, on some of my um, uh, podcasts. I did record one myself, but it was so much hard work (laughs) that now I have like um, a voice doppelganger. Uh, But essentially, it just makes the call to action to move from podcast to audiobook much, much easier because you know you've got an audio listener uh, who's there. And especially now, you know, all they need to do is click over to the Audible app um, and download a sample um, or put it on their wish list or whatever. And then they can they can move from, you know, I might have a topic of self-doubt for creatives. And then I might say, oh, and by the way, lots more in the successful author mindset available on audio. Uh, You know, so people can and I'll just throw that in (laughs) to to conversation. (laughs) It wouldn't be just the call to action, for example. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think a lot of people are put off by the idea of having to create. Uh, you know, they they see the idea of an audiobook as being this big, massive thing they have to create. They have to write, you know, fifty thousand words first and then create it. But I've seen a lot of people succeed with just you know a collection of themed blog posts, for example, turned into um, an audiobook. Maybe you know there's a narrative drawn through it. There's a con- an intro and a conclusion, and put that out there for maybe a lower price seems to work quite well. Is is that someone you've seen? Well, you can't control the price on Audible. Um, Amazon controls that price. Mm, so yeah. if it is nonfiction, you mm-hmm. you can generally do fine with shorter books. So mm-hmm. my, my nonfiction tend to be around six hours. Um, but with fiction, it's definitely much, much harder. And they're used to a lot sort of higher quality. Um, but I mean, nonfic- I would say I, I really don't like the idea of just blog posts saying together, <laughs> um, unless, as you say, they have been heavily edited yes, yeah. and a narrative kind of put through it which yeah. is basically the process of a book. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I think if you, you know, if you shy away from the idea of writing a book, then maybe an audio book isn't such a good idea. But, it, you know, I think now we're at a point in the publishing ecosystem where a lot of nonfiction authors in particular are writing books. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's definitely something that you can do and, and add that to your uh, repertoire. And it, you can do a non-exclusive contract where you can publish, say, self-direct from your website, which I do for some of my stuff, mm-hmm. um, or publish on other things. So Google Play just announced audiobooks. Uh, Kobo has audiobooks. Uh, so there's, there are more distributors coming on board for audiobooks, but at the moment, they're not as dominant in the markets we work in, yes. in terms of Audible is just you know huge at this point. And with um, Alexa and the Echo yeah. uh, and and the you know voice at home devices and in cars and things like that audiobooks are only going to get bigger and bigger uh, over time and what i would say is oh sorry i'm getting no, very no, excited about this but um as podcasters some people want to know more about us and they want to understand our own manifestos our, you know what our journey what we've learned and putting that in a book and then putting that out as an audiobook can really help people to get to know you so it's a personal brand thing as well as an income thing and it kind of then can feed back into your podcast so the whole thing becomes like um, a financial and creative ecosystem yes yeah no i totally agree i think there's something in that and that we've learned these audio skills skills we've learned how to present all that kind of stuff and um i i am i right in thinking there's probably less competition in the audiobook space than the standard self-publishing space yeah absolutely and i and i think uh non-fiction particularly really? is fantastic right now people are hungry i mean i don't know about you i mean i've been listening to podcasts for years yeah. but yeah. often at this point i'm like do you know what 
I don't, I want to cut the waffle. I just want to listen to this person's book. Yes. I, you know, I don't want to listen to Cal Newport do another interview yeah, on yeah. deep work. I just want to listen to deep work yeah, yeah. Uh, on audio, which by the way is a fantastic audio book. <laughs> so this is the thing. I actually think we're moving into a more mature audio market. Mm -hmm. We've seen a boom in podcasting. I mean, when I started in 2009, it was a wasteland, um, but it's really boomed since 2015. And audiobooks are starting to boom as well. They're the fastest growing segment in the publishing world. And, um, you know, if you have the audio skills, that's what I'm saying. You know, this yeah, might yeah. be a real opportunity for some of this audience to get into the, the production side. So even if you don't want to write a book, you can actually do royalty shares and work with other authors and get a percentage of their um their income which could be amazing for yeah, some people absolutely your podcast as a as a showcase of your audio and presenting skills basically to sell that that's yeah so yeah. a really sort of sideways yeah. way to monetize a podcast but completely yeah great idea excellent okay let's um finish up you've mentioned just um You've mentioned a few times about affiliate income is there any particular ways you're using affiliate income to monetize your podcast well, I think the biggest thing there is to use the plugin like Pretty Links, um, which, you know, is on WordPress and to make easily rememberable and shareable <laughs> URLs. <Yes. laughs> um, because if you are just naturally talking about something in a conversation, you can just, you know, throw in a link that you remember. I mean, obviously, if you are planning it, you know, hardcore in advance, you can put your links so you remember to say them. But I, I think that, you know, affiliate stuff can so often be uh, included naturally in a conversation. Um, so that's what I would say, make sure any affiliate relationship you have, you've got an, an easy URL. Um, and then, yeah, you can stuff into your introduction you can put stuff into the um you know interviews you can put stuff in your show notes and i mean i find affiliate income is mostly a trickle unless it is a uh, pod uh, sorry um you know a webinar or something yes, when you're doing yeah. an actual event and i will often uh, you know advertise webinars in my podcast uh, although they're not evergreen so you know obviously you want the evergreen affiliate stuff plus the spike webinar income <laughs> over time. But I think, you know, the main lesson is that you can use a combination of all of these things. And obviously you don't need to go from nothing to everything yeah, <laughs> all in one yeah, go, yeah. <laughs> but that over time you can start to sort of build in the various levels. Yes. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, it, yeah, the pretty links tip is great there. It's something we use all the time, just creating, just making sure that every time you mention any product that you use, I mean, you, you'll be teaching your audience how to do things with certain tools, certain software, certain packages, certain courses. Mm -hmm. And every time you mention those, just to use your pretty link, you know, we use uh, the podcast coast.com forward slash pretty link, for example, we actually have mm, an affiliate there link we go. That. <laughs> <laughs> So it's great. Yeah. And I think affiliate income is a great precursor to sponsorship too isn't it because it's it's basically sponsorship without having to sign up a sponsor deal <laughs> you're paid yeah. for success and that's often how i see people doing that sponsored slot as i talked about earlier before sponsorship you do uh, do an affiliate slot every week just to get people used to that idea so thanks for the tips here that's excellent yeah great okay well thank you for coming on i mean that's it's been so useful different ways to to monetize we've got patreon we've got corporate sponsors audiobooks affiliate loads of different ways that people can get involved and lots of good first steps there i think as well um so i'd love to send people over to your site joanna go over to thecreativepen.com 
That's right, isn't it? It's the Creative yes. Pen. Dot I'm com. pen with a double N. With it. Oh, of course, <laughs> I always forget that. Yeah, so it's thecreativepen.com, the pen with a double N. And you're the same on most social medias, aren't you? Certainly Twitter, you're the Creative Pen. So if you want to get in touch, tell Joanna how much you enjoyed this episode, then get on Twitter and get in touch with her there. Is there anything in particular you're working on right now, Joanna, that you want to tell people about? Anything that they should go and check out? Uh, well, come over to the podcast, which is also the Creative Pen podcast and uh, lots of information if you want to write a book or if you want to do an audio book uh, or anything about that. So, yeah, come on over. Perfect. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, too, for listening. Uh, we shall continue this. We're in between seasons right now, so we'll have more, maybe more, a couple more interview shows before we start up the next season. And we'll keep you informed of when that will be, what the topic will be as well. But thank you for keeping tuned during the break time and I hope you're having a good podcasting uh, life at the moment enjoy it and we'll talk to you next time